So you know that meme where Spider-Man comes out and then all of the other Spider-Men follow him. I am wanting everyone to picture me as Spider-Man as when I'm dropping into your feed three times a week. Um, I'm coming in on a train, a Spider-Man train leading the way. Spider sense is tingling. And I also just want to talk about how Peter Parker shouldn't have pursued MJ. I'm being watched. I mean, MJ is only in it for him being Spider-Man. She thinks Peter Parker is a loser. She just thinks that Peter Parker didn't show up to her concert and he should have just let it go. So that's all I have to say for today. Anyways, this is the Hacker Noon podcast, of course, and my name is Amy Tom. Today, I am joined by Evgenia, and she is the token specialist at Mysterium. So, Evgenia, please introduce yourself to the podcast. So, hi, guys. My name is Evgenia, and uh, as Amy already mentioned, I'm a token specialist at Mysterium Network, so I'm mainly responsible for like overall token development, as well as short-term and long-term. So, for all external communication with exchanges, external stakeholders, as well as developing various talking-based initiatives to support our community. Cool. And can you tell me how you got started in the crypto industry? I think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it actually started from my personal interest. I have one friend uh, and she actually started mining Ethereum in 2017 when it was like on the hype. And then yeah. I wanted to make them more bucks. So I entered to the crypto trading course. And then also it was like a boom of all these bounties and ICOs. So I was also participating in some like bounty campaigns, analyzing some ICO projects, figure out what are scams and not. So long story. And then it actually grew to personal, like prof- more professional development. Okay. So before you took the crypto trading course, were you already inter- interested in trading and stock exchange things? Uh, no. No investment experience. Yeah. Actually, in Ukraine, it's not so easy. So you need to, you know, interact via an external provider. And there is like high entry barriers, like 10 US dollars for initial start or something like that. It depends, of course, of the provider. So I was not interested. And for me, it was something really scared, scareful, you know. You think that you will lose all your money if you will just invest. So I was like, what it is. And then, wait. Crypto, of course, changed my mind completely. Okay, why though? Because for me in cryptocurrency, like I still feel like if I put all my money in cryptocurrency, it's going to disappear. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, it was really like an easy one. So first of all, it's, you know, everyone can enter an exchange and trade in a decentralized or centralized, if not so hard. And there is now, uh, for instance, a lot of uh, literature and other courses available online with all this trading, um, you know, fundamental technical analysis um, explanation. So it's not so hard. It also depends on whether you would like to spend um, like a lot of time on it. So it's also... Yeah, it requires some time. (laughs) So tell me about the course that you took. What did it entail? It was more actually for, I would say, medium and long-term trading. So it was not like daily training, like scalping. But I would say that I was not so, I was not trading so long. (laughs) I then actually shifted to trading bots on crypto exchanges. It's another topic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I have very like mad imposter syndrome about anything to do with crypto. I think it's like very complicated. Of course, I'm reading about it and learning about it as I go, but it just seems very like convoluted, very complicated. So I think actually I think it's interesting that you can decode it and that you say that there's a lot of tools that you use to understand it because I think I'm just coming from like the very beginner's edge, like as if this was 2016 and I'm just coming up into it. But yeah, um, so I want to talk to you about the crypto exchanges today because of course you know a lot about that. And so as a token specialist, especially, so can you tell me a bit about I guess, to start with what crypto exchanges are. Um, <laughs> I would say it's like an alternative um, as it is on the stock market, like a stock exchange, but for the cryptocurrency market. Yeah. So it's like, I would explain it in really simple words. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not so proficient with all this like um, professionally naming, but I think it's really easy to understand. Right. And... With your experience of crypto exchanges, are you experienced in helping people get their project listed or are you experienced as a consumer or user? Both. So, of course, I'm actually responsible for uh, the listing of uh, like our project on different exchanges, whether it's decentralized or centralized exchange. And before we are getting listed to any exchange, I need to try it by myself personally to understand what will be the first, like the experience of uh, our users when they will be interacting with a particular exchange. Mm, okay. So it's very important. Yeah. So at what point should I get my project listed on a crypto exchange then? I would say that it actually depends on like your overall strategy and overall development. Mm, so back to... 2017, everyone was really in rush to get listed. They're talking on the exchange. But then a year later, when the bullish market was over, we figured out that a lot of projects doesn't have a really working product behind them. And for instance, we have uh, like gone in completely different ways. So for three years, we were just like stick to our white paper developing the product. And now we are shifting our minds a little bit to uh, include this listing in like our strategy. So, for instance, we firstly like build the working product. We have achieved like the last year 200,000 downloads of our product, of our VPN, like our flagship product. And then for like the last several months, we have added two exchanges. It was Bitrix Global from centralized exchanges, and it was QuickSwap built on Matic from decentralized exchanges like in the last four months. If you have ever tried to enter your credit card details online, send private photos, or try to stream geo-blocked content, then look no further than Mysterium Networks. It's an open source crypto VPN with no email, identifying information, or bank cards required. You switch on and pay as you go by the minute or by the megabyte. So download it now at mysterium.network apps, and you'll receive some tokens to try before you buy. And can you explain what happens after my project gets listed on the crypto exchange that I choose? Yeah. So what I have seen on the market is there is actually one pattern uh, for young projects, especially. So when you get listed, there is this enthusiasm. So for the first several days to several weeks, your price increase. Uh, your trading volume really grew and you think like, wow, my token will be to the moon. But then <laughs> there is like a natural decrease. 
and also the liquidity drops, the price drops, etc. So after the listing, you also need to think about this process like in long-term perspective and in advance. So the listing is just one step. You also need to think how you will incentivize the community like in several months after listing and how you will maintain liquidity. It's also an important question because if, for instance, we are talking about centralized exchanges, reputable exchanges, they can even delist the project if um, uh, you're not able to maintain liquidity. Uh, okay. and for, yeah, and for decentralized exchanges, um, if for text you can, for instance, work with a professional market maker, uh, for DEX you need to incentivize the community to invest in a liquidity pool. So it's a little bit different. And um, we, for instance, uh, created this liquidity engagement campaign in this law. It was in January, February 2021, and we really like, experienced um, increase by 50% in our liquidity. And we're also planning to launch one on version three. I hope you have seen that Uniswap launched version three today. Yeah, they launched it today. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and how do I choose which crypto exchange to get listed on? So this question should start from one important uh, point is whether you're going to be listed on SEX or on DEX. Because okay. listing process for these two exchanges, it's really different. And also the choice process is different. So for instance, for centralized exchanges, first of all, of course, you will see on the trading volume. But some of them are creating this trading volume artificially, so to be pretty honest. And I would recommend what we have done. Um, I was also evaluating the website traffic and the average time that the user spent on the exchange website. Okay. So just for an example. And all uh, that information is just public? Uh, you can use uh, tools, for instance, like SimilarWeb for that. Okay. And there's okay. Other so, for instance, if an exchange had, I don't know, like 1 billionth of trading volume, so it's really high. And then you see that, like, for the last year, only 400,000 users have visited this website. The trading volume with high percentage can be fake. Mm. The same as, for instance, if uh, the average time that user spends on website is one minute and a half, it's nothing for trader. So it seems like there is bots that are really increasing this traffic. So you need to be pretty, how would say, choosy when you're picking the exchange. Mm -hmm. And also last but not least, very important point is that you need to check the news and you need to check the reviews. Uh, because some exchanges were hacked, for instance, and you need to know this. Some exchanges, for instance, as OPEX uh, in October 2020, they closed the withdrawals, the withdrawals uh, of um, the funds for the users for several weeks, as far as I remember. So, for instance, I don't want this negative experience for my community because I know that mm -hmm. it can also affect like our brand image. So I'm trying to avoid these exchanges. Where would you suggest that people look to follow the news of this? I think it's just like the most reputable, I don't know, crypto sources like Coindesk, Cointelegraph, etc. So something not so sponsored, you know, but they really provide nice overview mm -hmm. of the latest news. Yeah. And I guess you can still like look at Google uh, before you decide to list and then check out like the news tab too, just to make sure that yeah. <laughs> there's no negative <laughs> coverage of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Would it make sense to be listed on more than one crypto exchange or is that not really a thing? I would say that it depends, of course, as I said previously, like on the mm -hmm. overall strategy. So first of all, if you're the new, uh, like, if you're a new project, you have recently launched uh, your token. Speaking honestly, top two exchanges are not so interested in you. 
so it will be really hard to, you know, get the best of violence or whatever. Right. So you can uh, start uh, from like small one, and then when you will grow, you can go to the bigger one. Also, you need to think about uh, geographic distribution of your target audience. So, for instance, if you have like a significant user base in the U.S., and then you're listed on the exchange that restricted U.S. visitors to trade, you need to somehow, I don't know, to figure it out to allow the users um, like access the token. So right. for that reason, for instance, we have, I don't know, like a mix with two different exchanges, two decentralized and two decentralized, to allow users from different regions to like trade our token. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the difference between centralized and decentralized crypto exchanges? I would say that it even comes from the name. Yeah. <laughs> so centralized is regulated by uh, some centralized uh, body. It can be like a company or a group of companies. And decentralized is not regulated by anyone. Um, and from this, there are differences. So, for instance, centralized exchange, your money are on the exchange wallet. So they're not in your personal wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the company controlled it. So, I mean, the exchange controlled it. But on the other hand, usually centralized exchanges have better user experience and they can support you because they have support team. So for DEX, for instance, your funds are in your wallet. So you have, you know, um, you have more this fraud risk. But on the other side, you need to educate yourself with some exchanges how to trade on them. And also, there is no one who will support you, except, of course, Google searches, <laughs> if you have any issues with that. Mm-hmm. And so why do you think that people would choose decentralization over centralization? I think they can seek for anonymity, first of all, because in all the points, most of taxes you need to... There's this QAC policy, you have all these withdrawals, deposit limits, whatever, mm-hmm. etc. And on DEX, you, like, you control all your funds and there is no one who will restrict you. You can be located in whatever country you would like to be. And there are actual countries that, for instance, have forbidden cryptocurrency. So as I know, like India, they have a really tough situation with that. So it's really hard to buy and sell it. So, you know, I would say it's more about borderless and freedom Mm -hmm. okay so can we talk about like listing strategy right like there's obviously different various goals that you can have for your token but if your goal is to gain popularity which i think is would be like a common uh, goal for to have someone uh, have if your goal is to gain popularity for the token then what's the best listing strategy when it comes to crypto exchanges I would personally say that you don't need to, like as for project, to perceive like listing as a separate strategy because, you know, like you have your company strategy and it's like one part of it. Mm-hmm. So listing itself will not bring your token to the moon. So speaking, like being pretty honest, yeah, it's a short-term initiative. It's nice because it increases your brand awareness, so you can gain momentum, you know, you can, I don't know, increase your token holder's base. But for long term, you really need to think about technology. We'll not talk at the moment here about Dogecoin, because of course, mm-hmm. I would say it's more, as a rule, it's more an exception. But if you're talking mm-hmm. about like a normal project, you need to think about what you will do when the bearish market will come. No one will care about your token in the bearish market. They will care what, what you actually suggest to the community yeah. in general. Yeah. Okay. So if, if tokenization isn't the be all end all, then what else can they do to increase popularity of their token? Do you think? And all this listing 
process, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, in general, it's various trading initiatives, so such as trading competition, a drops bounty, different campaigns, whatever. So uh, usually it really supports your community. You can also do various campaigns that will be linked to a particular date, for instance, as we have done, like uh, linked to the lunar year or to Valentine's Day campaigns or something like that. Okay. Uh Um, And what are some, like, can you give me some examples of popular decentralized and centralized exchanges that people try and get on? I think you should be familiar with it now. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done have you ever had any trading experience? <laughs> no, I've never traded. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, so for centralized exchange, of course, it's top number one, it's Binance. Mm-hmm. And there are several more, for instance, Bitrix, where we are listed, also Kraken, Polonix, Coinbase, there are several. And for, centra- for decentralized exchanges, sorry, the first one building Ethereum is not the first one exchange build Ethereum, but one of the mm. most popular build in Ethereum is Uniswap. Mm-hmm. And also there are several forks of it, such as, for instance, PancakeSwap on Binance Smart Chain and many others. But Uniswap and PancakeSwap are seen. I think that they're like giants in DEX's space. Right. So you mentioned that, like, so with Binance, right? Like, if I'm a smaller company or I have a smaller following of a, my token, it would be harder for me to get on Binance because it's more popular, correct? Uh, they have higher entry barriers. So this okay. is the reason. And uh, first of all, they're much more choosy to projects. And uh, you also need to understand that if you are listing on the centralized exchange, you need to provide a lot of documents. Uh, mm. Such as, for instance, um, security audits and also like proof of companies' um, address, etc. So other like big legal documents, which you don't need actually for DEX. So for DEX, everyone can list a token, even it's come, even it's not real token, whatever. Also, the second point is that usually listing on top tier exchanges costs a lot. <laughs> I think it's mm. well known. Mm. <laughs> sometimes it can be up to even several hundred thousands of dollars so yeah <laughs> it's not so cheap and you also need to consider this point and you know plan your budget mm-hmm. yeah so i'm just wondering like if i'm a business owner and i'm choosing which exchange to get listed on i obviously have to um balance between having popularity and managing the requirements of getting listed on that exchange. So what are, do you have any tips or pointers on how to do that or advice to people who are trying to get listed for the first time? I would say that as I would do it previously, I was trying to reach, first of all, like, so I created like a list of, for instance, you know, 20 or 10 exchanges and I've ranked them. So first of all, I, try to reach like to the most let's say desired exchanges in my list and you know you're going step by step because uh, usually this process for sex it's it's really long so uh, the exchanges can review your request for several weeks and they can even not answer you so mm. it's like normal practice you're like waiting <laughs> so, so you're getting information and then you're choosing so i personally i created like a specific metrics and we're discussing together internally with my team like what is the win-win 
So what would um, bring us more brand awareness, for instance, and what would be much more convenient for our community? We have also, for instance, previously done a questionnaire, I think, several years ago, when you were asking our users what crypto exchange you use. Mm. And one of the, I would say, highest ranking was actually Bitrex. So we have chosen Bitrex because, you know, we are also rating on what community really wants. So yeah. For this, you can uh, actually also ask your community. As the same, we have done this quick swap, for instance. We have created a questionnaire and people really voted for that. So, you know, it's like, you now show that you listen to your community. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Why do you think it's important to get listed? Of course, it depends on the economics, but you need to give an access to your token to your community. So, for example... NIST, or like our token, is a mean of payment between nodes, runner, and uh, a service, cons- uh, service consumer. Mm-hmm. So your user needs to buy a token to pay for service. So it's native. You need to list somewhere your token so then they will be able to buy this. So you can, you know, it's the same for any other projects. Also, for instance, we are also modifying our tokenomics and we will add staking components. So then we'll provide, you know, like more passive income opportunities for our community. I would say so that's like the main point, but of course it's nice like in general because it has this enhancement of brand awareness in general for your project. I would say it, it usually positively affects the project development like in further. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's like a very simple question, but it, yeah. like, it takes some <laughs> thought to like really pinpoint the importance of it and like discuss it. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, can you tell me more about MIST, the Mysterium token? So, you mean like, what is the utility of it? Mm-hmm. Or what is, um, okay, so as I already mentioned, is a payment mean in our ecosystem. So, users pay with MIST tokens. Um, node runners receive rewards in MIST tokens. So, um, like, everyone can run a node in Mysterium network and receive some passive income, for instance, at the moment now. Also, I have mentioned that we will be upgrade our tokenomics to increase the staking component. So there will be an opportunity to earn more money by taking MIST. And I think it's really like a nice option uh, for, especially because it's like affects the holding pressure. And, you know, you're taking tokens out of the market. It positively affects the uh, demand for a token, et cetera. So in general, it's good. So yeah, but I would say it's like many utility. And um, also, we have already like projects, some projects built on top of Mysterium Network. So we are also trying to develop ourselves not only as a DVPN, but also as a network on which like anyone can build their own DVPN. Ah, uh, okay, right. And actually, can I ask you how long have you been working at Mysterium? I would say not so long, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, something more than half a year, I think. Okay. And what was your first, ex- <laughs> what was your first experience, like professional experience with tokens? Um, I was actually working uh, for um, various projects previously, mostly as a crypto analyst, like freelancer. And I was also working for one uh, investment fund. At that moment, it was, I think, 2017 or 19, as like a marketing department. So right at that moment, like launching their token, but um, mostly they were focused on 
providing more passive income benefits for the investors. I would say I was not directly engaged in all this list, listing process, but I was always near this, but from another mm-hmm. side. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you have any advice for up and comers, people in the crypto space who are just trying to get into it or little crypto babies like me on how to learn more about crypto exchanges and um, just in general. I would say that first of all, you need to answer the question for yourself. What is the goal for it? Do you really mm-hmm. want to, I don't know, maybe invest in some projects and then make more money? Or you just want to, you know, like increase overall brand awareness about it? So it depends. Mm-hmm. For just general information, I think Google works pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> but for something more in-depth, I would, for instance, some person I'm doing, um, I really like Misari's reports or um, like other crypto analysts. Can, they really are doing this, you know, nice in-depth reports. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that you learned about the strategy when it comes to crypto exchanges? Just by doing? I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> knowledge. You, okay, so it's in theory, you know, yeah. uh, I've also been working with, um, of course, I have a lot of um, nice teammates that have this experience, so they shared something. But there are also a lot of small things that you recognize while you are working in process. So, mm-hmm. And I would say, though, you will never be able to read like all obstacles that you'll figure out during the listing. So it's only by doing and you don't need mm-hmm. to be scared about, you know, it's just like, like a normal process. Yeah. And would you say that the ability to choose the like, quote unquote, right crypto exchange will make or break your project? You mean that if every project will be able to list it on the exchange that they really want? Yeah. Like what happens if I pick the wrong exchange? Is that Um, a thing? Yeah. Uh, Actually, there is always this risk. Yeah. Uh, especially if, for instance, you're listed on exchange and then you figure out that it's really scum. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens. I would say that, first of all, you need to be honest with your community. So yeah. the worst you can do is to hide this because they mm-hmm. figure it out and this will be like negative to you. And it mm-hmm. will be also like negative for your brand image always. Yeah. And then, of course, to provide the support that you can at least. So, for instance, while you're listing, you have some like contacts with the direct team mm-hmm. so for instance if your users have any issues i don't know like withdrawals etc you can try to support them like from another side because you don't like the direct contact to exchange team and like in the worst case of course you can try to find another one you know how to say to eliminate the negative impact that your community has perceived with the communication with the exchange but i really yeah. hope that like the project that I listen into this podcast will never figure out this negative experience. <laughs> no one always pick the right choice. Do you know of any like real life examples of a token that was listed on a scammy exchange that came back and is still popular? No. <laughs> I think I think that it's a killer. But actually, there is like thousands of tokens. So, you know, there's yeah. so much tokens that it's not possible to monitor all of them. So, you know, go yeah. to monitoring either your competitors or the top performers because you have no, no time to monitor like all other tokens, coins, whatever. Yeah. 
So, I mean, at the end of the day, then getting listed on a crypto exchange is truly a strategy because you could you could do the wrong one. And I guess, would you say that like there are better ones than others? Right. Like I I could if my goal is to gain popularity or my goal is to increase my revenue, there are better exchanges than others that I could be choosing to help me meet my goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. All right. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot about crypto exchanges that I had no idea before. So I'm really excited about that. Um, If the listeners would like to find Mysterium and learn more about Mysterium online, where can they look? Um, you can visit our mysterium.network websites and, of course, our other social media such as Twitter, Telegram channels. You can ping us on Discord also. And I think I will drop my LinkedIn link just for some if someone would like to make any kind of business partnership or whatever. Perfect. I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. If you like this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our uh, podcast page. This episode was produced by Hacker Noon. It was hosted by me, Amy Tom, and it was edited by Damien. See you guys again next week.